theyeshiva.net. Good evening, everybody. Bruchim Haboyim, welcome to our third class on the Maimer Biyoyim Ashtay Osser Yoyim Nasi Levnei Yosher Tavshin Lamed Aleph, the great discourse presented by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on the 11th of Nisan, 1971, published in Tavshin Memtes, 1989. This series, as I said, is dedicated by the Pearson family in loving memory of their unforgettable grandfather, Harav Reb David ben Harav Reb Yaakov Yosef Raskin of Blessed Memories, Echrena Levracha. The previous two classes, which I will encourage you to review, we covered the first five chapters of the Maimer. We are now up to Seif Vav, the sixth chapter. Please remember that tomorrow morning, Monday morning, 8 o'clock, we will be Ezer Hashem, do the fourth section, the fourth class on this Maimer. As I mentioned previously, this Maimer, this discourse, captures some very fundamental ideas in Yiddishkeit, and particularly in the world of Chassidus, and particularly in the world of Chabad Chassidus. If somebody wants to understand some of the soul of Lubavitch, and understand some aspects of the Rebbe's uh, life, and consciousness, and way of looking at Yiddishkeit, and on the world, and our mission in the world, this Maimer is a, uh, what would you call it? it was, it's, a, it's a must, it's a, it's a foundational, foundational resource. This class is going to take us into the next level, into the next, they, what are they called? The next level, the next layer. Let's summarize literally very briefly the last point that we learned earlier in our third class, which was actually this morning. <laughs> yes. So in summation, we've been exploring that famous, incredible medrash in Eicha, Chelki Hashem Amra Nafshi. My soul says... My soul declares, my soul states, Chelki Hashem, my chelik in life, my portion in life is Hashem. And the Medrash gave that famous parable of the king who comes to the country, surrounded by dukes and surrounded by, uh, by governors and by perfects, by military commanders. Duchsin, Ifruchin, Istritilutin, Istrilut, it's a hard word, Istrilutin. And each one of the subjects, a debate breaks out. Every subject says, I will choose the duke, I will choose the governor, I will choose the military commander. There is the one wise person who says, I will choose the king. And this Maimer is developing this medrash. What is the meaning of it? What, why do we need the pikeach? Why, do you, why does it take so much wisdom? And he gives a reason. Everyone is exchangeable. Everyone will, can be replaced. The king can't be replaced. And this is the Maimer asked quite a few questions and went into various details. What was our last point? Our last point was, the summation was, that what the Medrash is telling us is, that because Chelki Hashem Amra Nafshi, a Jew says, my portion in life is Hashem. So therefore, the Jew, the Jewish consciousness, when we say here the Jew, we're talking about the Jew who is in touch with the Jew. <laughs> The Jew is sometimes not in touch with the Jew, but the Jew who's in touch with the Jew, because every Jew is a Jew, is a Jew, is a Jew. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Memhei, Afal pi shechata Yisrolhu. The Gemara is there talking about Ochan. Ochan was one of the most heinous sinners in the history of the Jewish people. You can learn the Gemara. 
But nonetheless, even Achan, the Gemara says, Yisrael, though he's still a Jew, the question is how much I'm in touch with my consciousness, with how much am I cognizant and aware of who I really am? You know, we all know how many cover-ups and layers can be eclipsing our true identity. The Jews in touch with what it means being a Jew, like Yirmiyah Hanavi, Jeremiah the prophet, that Jew calls out, Chelki Hashem Amranavshi. I want a relationship with Hashem and I want a real relationship. And I want a relationship where the focus is the relationship itself. And therefore I want truth because Hashem, the, defin- for, the, the, the real only definition for God that we have is truth. The Gemara says in Shabbos, I want truth and only truth and nothing but the truth. And even though as the Zoyer teaches us, unholiness, klipa, when God allows you to receive the flow of energy through klipa, through the shells, through the husks, through the cover-ups, through the masks, through the forces of unholiness, they give it to you for free. You don't have to come with it. No, you don't have to pay a price. It's a quick fix. It's intense gratification. It's, it seems so delightful and easy. As the Alter Rebbe says, These are the Nedivim. They're so benevolent. They're always available. For you ever notice, whenever you want to satisfy yourself through unholiness, they're always available. They never say, come back in a day. <laughs> if I have a taiva, strong taiva, right? Strong craving. Yeah. Taiva never says, come back in a day, come back in a year, let's think about it. No, I'm always available. So even though Klippa offers its services for free, and not only that, the Rebbe said, you will sometimes receive from Klippa much more, with much more intensity and much more excessiveness. The Jew says, I don't want that. The Pikeach says, I want the Malka, I want the king. I don't want the sun, I don't want the moon, I don't want the stones, I don't want the wood, or whatever that means in our own lives. I don't want the duke, I don't want the military commander, I don't want the governor. I choose the king. Why? Not only because in the future it's going to be better. In the future, Kedusha will defeat Klippe. Klippe will reveal itself to be garnished at one big bluff, a Ponzi scheme. That's one level. But that's not the true vart. That's not the true message. It's even because of the present. Because what's important for me in life is not what I'm getting. It's who I'm getting it from. What's important in life is not what I'm getting. It's the relationship. And therefore, I want a relationship with that where Hashem is present in His full intimacy, in His full desire. Not a relationship with that which Hashem essentially is it's alien, in, it's alien from Hashem. And that's why we have in the world, because of this, that in any meaningful relationship, much more important than the things you get out of the relationship, much more important is what? Is the relationship itself. The expression of the Alter Rebbe, it says in mitzvah, mitzvah. the greatest reward for the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. The word mitzvah comes from the word tzafsa. It doesn't only mean commandment, it means connection. Like in modern day Hebrew, tzavet. What's a tzavet? Tzavet is a group of people that are connected, they're cohesive, they work together. Mitzvah comes from the word chibur, connection. Schar mitzvah, the greatest reward for the mitzvah is mitzvah, it's the connection. It's the connection itself. So that's what the Jew says, Anna Nasav Malk. We now come to Se'ivav. Please open your source sheets. If you're joining us on Zoom, I put the link to the source sheets in the chat of the Zoom. If you're joining us on theyeshiva.net, or on Chabad.org, or on YouTube, or on COL. Please get the source sheets and open it up. We're on page 7 of the source sheets. 
I'm doing it in Hebrew and translating it, but below, if you scroll down all the way, you have the whole thing in Hebrew with an English translation. Se'ivav, chapter 6 of the Ma'amabiyah, we now come to the next part. Here there's a question, apparently, here we come to the next level. Even based on what we explained, that the reason that the Jew, the Pikeach, the wise one, chooses the king is not because of personal benefit. It's not because only in the future I want to invest in a stock that's going to be around. I don't want to invest in companies and hedge funds that are going to dissipate and be obliterated. I want to invest in something that's real, something that's eternal, something that's absolute. We all know the great companies that have been around for many, many years, and then they, uh, they disintegrated, right? That's how it is. You remember what happened to Bear Stearns? You remember what happened to Lehman Brothers? So the Jew says, I want to invest in eternity. In other words, I have greater wisdom. I'm thinking about the future. We said that's not the ultimate idea. There's something, a much deeper idea. It's not just because of the personal benefit that I'm going to get. It's rather because I want the melech. I'm not Nasev Malk. And therefore, I'm ready to forgo the Ribuy Hashpah. I'm ready to forgo the benefit. It's not about my benefit. What is it about? It's about, I want a relationship with the king. The Rebbe says, but that's also rational. That choice is also seicheldek. And as he puts up, po- points out in, po- in footnote 45, <laughs> The Medrash defines this person as a pikeach. In other words, it's coming from pikchas. It's coming from wisdom. It's coming from deep, profound, acute wisdom. That's what pikchas means. What does this mean? It's actually a rational decision. And the rational decision is pretty simple. If you can have a relationship with something true, and you can have a relationship with something false, you have a relationship with something true. I, the false relationship looks better, and is faster, and is easier, and is more glamorous, and you may even have more. But as he says, everything else is ultimately short-lived. It doesn't have the power of eternity. So I ask you a question. If you're a rational person, do you choose something that's real, that's authentic, even, even, if that means I compromise on the magnitude, the quantity, I, com- I, I, I compromise on the fact that it's easy, it's not so easy. I get it. But doesn't it make sense? He says, Royal Levater. It makes sense. Levater means to forgo. Even Metzatzechel. If you have a real mind, if you're a real Bardas, if you're a real Pikeach, you say, I don't want Sheket, I want Emes. Not because the Emes is going to give me more dollars in my account. That's something else. Even if you go deeper, I don't want the dollars in my account. I want the truth. Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't, it, doesn't this address and appeal to the rational part of the person? Yes. And that's why the Medrash calls him Pikeach. One second. 
The Medrash is saying this all as a cry of the soul. Chelki Hashem Omra Nafshi. The soul says, my chelik is Hashem. This is referring to the fact that the Jews choose Hashem because of their soul, because of nafshi. The soul is a chelik Hashem. Like it says in all the Svarim, especially by the Rishonim, and especially the Mekobolim and the Tanya, the nefesh Hashem is b'Yisraeli, chelik elikami mal mamash. Or as it says in Parshish Hazinu, Moshe Rabbeinu says, ki chelik Hashem Amoy Yaakov Chevel Nachalase. Explained at length in the second chapter of Tanya, in the third section of Tanya, Yigeris HaTshuva, Chelki Hashem. In other words, it's coming from the fact that the soul is essentially connected to Hashem beyond rationality. It's not just a scientific rational idea. So which one is it? In other words, the Rebbe is asking, it seems that after everything's said and done, ultimately this is a rational decision. But from the Medrash we see, that it's connected to something that's super rational. Chelek Hashem, Chelki Hashem Which one is it? Or to put it differently, there is somewhat of a subtle contradiction in the Medrash itself. What motivates, what's, what inspires this person to reject the dukes, to reject the governors, to reject the mili- military commanders, and to say, Anon Asim Malka, what is it? Is it Seichel? Or is it an intrinsic relationship that transcends rationality? What is it? The Medrash says both. The Medrash and the metaphor says pikeach. In other words, what you need is pushed a good mind. But in the Nimshel, the Medrash brings out chelki Hashem amrenafshi. So the Rebbe explains here, and here he shares with us a general insight on life that illuminates not just this Medrash, it illuminates so much of what Judaism is about. Listen carefully. The point of the explanation is, Listen to these words. Seichel, rationality, a person's intellectual mind, the way it is on its own, will compel him to want and be compelled to that which is good for him. That's what a normal seichel will compel you. It will take you to places that make you feel good and that the seichel understands are beneficial. And that's why the nations of the world choose the sarim, the ministers, the dukes, the governors, the military governors. They can't understand everything we explained in the Maimer. That everything else is replaceable. And the only thing that's not replaceable is the melech. They can't understand it. They can understand it, but they still choose him. You know what? They still choose the others. You know why? Because ultimately, I want to be. <laughs> I want to be. I'm looking to be. So therefore, even my mind, my mind is part of me. The core of the mind is to enhance my existence. And I'm not going to forego the tremendous flow of abundant success and comfort that I'm going to get through all these forces. As we explained before, what Klippa gives and how it gives. Now, 
שגם השכל מכיר, דמכיוון שהלקוס הוא האמס שחי וקיים בקיום נצחי מלכה לאמס חלף, צריך הוא לבטבר על המציאות שלו ולבחיר בלקוס. Let me explain what the Rebbe is saying here. A real mind is all about objectivity. That's what a mind is. Right? Take science. Take physics. Take biology. Take any discipline in the world. The key prerequisite to explore truth is no bias. No shaykhat. No blind spots. No emotional inclination. I want the result to be this and this. That's not intellectual. That's emotional. Real seichel is looking for truth and nothing but the truth, whatever the conclusion is. That's real seichel. But the problem is, each one of our minds, by definition, is bias. Because the mind is a product of the human person. The brain wants to survive. So even the way the brain thinks, it becomes a tool for survival. It becomes another coping mechanism. So even as the brain tries to transcend all self-interest, ultimately... Our brain is governed and crippled by a certain form of bias, essentially. What is this bias? Not bias that I want to lie consciously. The biggest bias of everything, yesh. I want to be. I want to be. And my seichel is going to lead me there. And therefore, no seichel can really, really, really be objective. Because ultimately, it's trapped in the need for be. I want to be I want to live, I want to exist, I want to be comfortable, <laughs> I want to be powerful, I want a good life. So my seichel will go and go and go, but it ultimately has a limit. Here the Rebbe teaches us, for the mind to truly be free, you need to have emuna. <laughs> faith expands the mind. Now, it's strange, most people would say faith diminishes the mind, <laughs> Right? All cults say, oh, just believe, 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 don't use your mind. That's cults, not real faith. Real amuna expands the mind. Real amuna allows the mind to go beyond yeshes. The Hezbo Tzutzich. Real amuna allows the mind to go beyond yeshes, to be able to touch ayin, to be able to touch no-thingness. Shilamalei says, Sa'ena yelohorim, me'ayin yavoy ezri. May I in as the Alter Rebbe says in the Maimarim, may I in doesn't only mean a question. We spoke about this Shabbos. From where will my help come? May I in Real help comes from ayin, from no thingness, from that which transcends all of the tools that limit my perception of reality and force me to reduce reality into that which my brain could wrap itself around and is limited by the expectations of my brain, which is ultimately invested in my existence. So even the objective scientist and even the objective researcher, subconsciously, my mind is not going to take me to a place of ayin. My mind is going to take me to a place of yesh. Because I want to be. And my mind is part of I. And therefore even the mind is limited by this essential innate bias. And therefore even its transcendental awarenesses will be limited. When a person opens themselves up to emunah, what's real emunah? Emunah doesn't mean here blind faith that you should stop thinking. That you should become indoctrinated and brainwashed and be foolish. We're talking here about something else. 
when my mind opens itself up to the possibility of infinity, my mind can actually start thinking straight. My mind is not anymore stuck by the bias of yesh. And by the way, that's the reason. That's the reason, the real reason, why some of people don't understand. Jews don't constitute even a quarter of a percent of humanity. Why is it that so many great scientific breakthroughs happened through Jews? Completely disproportionate to the percentage of Jews living in the world. To the point that when Time Magazine, this is in parentheses, I know we're not discussing here this topic, but when Time Magazine had to choose the most impactful man of the last century, the 20th century, Y2K, they have to choose not a man of the year, the man of the century. Who did they choose? Professor Albert Einstein. They, I, I read their introduction. So they said they had a choice between two people. Adolf Hitler, or Einstein. And I thought to myself, either they were going to choose the person who was obsessed with Jews, or the Jew. <laughs> they chose Einstein. They wanted to choose a person who brought benefit to the world, not a person who brought so much blood and violence to the world. But it's, a, it's, it's disproportionate. The answer is as follows. Listen very carefully. Every discovery in science and physics and medicine, every discovery in astrophysics, in cosmology, in astronomy, in the science of the brain, in the science of any aspect of the universe, always comes from a revolutionary spirit that thinks out of the box. Because if I think the way other people thought, I will reach the same conclusions that other people reached. Every new discovery comes from opening your mind to new possibilities. Because the Jewish soul, essentially, is a chelik elikami mal. It's one with Hashem, it's one with Ayin, it's one with infinity. So it affects even the rational mind of the Jew to think in different ways, to think completely out of the box of Yesh, to go back to the Ayin, and therefore it's also capable of tremendous scientific discoveries. So let's now get back to this point. Emes, if you have real seichel, you're going to choose the king, not the dukes and not the governors and not the, and not the military. You're going to go to the king, Anonos of Malka. Not only because in the future you'll have more than clip, even now you want the Emes. But when Emes means I have to pay a price, it's not where my seichel is going to go. It's not where my seichel is going to go. We are biased and our minds are biased. Our minds are stuck. Even when we are so objective and free-spirited and we're free thinkers till, until it reaches the ashes, <laughs> then I'm free. The reason the Jew, the real Jew, I'm talking about the real Jew, I'm not talking about a specific Jew now, we're talking about the consciousness of the Jew, Knesset Yisrael, the Jewish soul in its full glory, chooses, it's because the soul is essentially one with Hashem. And the choice of a soul in Hashem is not rational because it makes sense. It's Pchira Atzmis. This is who I am. The soul essentially is divine. The soul is Ein Saif. It's not because the soul understands that if you have to choose this house from this house, this house has better qualities because even though now this house is cheaper, but in 30 years this house is going to be more expensive. No. That's not the word. It's not because the mailas of Hashem overclip it. No. It's mitzat atzmos. It's the core itself. The core of the soul to the core of Hashem. So therefore their mind is also metamorphosized in the process.
Since this is who the soul is, so therefore you already become a pikeach also. So this is a gewaldik avart. The Rebbe is saying, usually we say there's two streams. There's the stream of emuna and there's the stream of seichel. There's the stream of faith and there's the stream of rationality, right? There's faith and there's intellect. Here he's saying, no, it's much deeper than that. Real faith creates real intellect. Real faith, real faith, real emuna allows the seichel to open itself up to infinity allows the seichel to recognize that if something is true and really true, then I'm going to give up everything for this. You say, it makes sense, right? It's true, it's real. Come on, who wants fake things? Yes, but if having truth means not having me, <laughs> not having my sense of my comfort zone and my, my comfort and my existence, my, my mind will find a lot of reasons why this is not the way, the way to go. That's where the two parts of the Medrash come together. It starts off with Chelki Hashem Amre Nafshi. And because Chelki Hashem Amre Nafshi, therefore the Chelik Elekamimal impacts the mind. The mind becomes an expansive mind. The mind can think straight. Hashem. The connection to Hashem allows the mind to be able to go beyond its own ego. Nothing can go outside of its own ego. It's like trying to pick yourself up with the hair of your head. You ever tried? Try pulling yourself up with the hair of the head. What's the problem? Problem is you yourself are pulling yourself up, so therefore you can go as far as you can pull yourself up. Seichel can go as far as its own ego can go. It can't liberate itself from its own ego, from its own identity. And what is its identity? Its identity is always defined. I want to understand. I want the truth. I want to figure it out. If Seichel will come and tell me, forget that I, it undermines itself. I'm not going to go there. But Bashaz, the soul is truly connected. So now my mind can actually be objective. And now the mind can recognize that truth is worth more than everything. And therefore, even if truth has to challenge me, and for truth I have to pay the ultimate price, and for truth I need real bittle, the seichel says, of course. This is the shaylach. It doesn't make sense any other way. But the reason seichel says it is, because chelki Hashem amrenafshi. That's why seichel says it. That's when you could be a pikeach when you have a muna. <laughs> when you don't have a muna, you pikchus gatefeifen. The pikchus is very, very limited. Uh, so if this is the case, we now appreciate. This is the concept of the Pikeach. The Pikeach says that despite the fact that Klippe has so many benefits, again, instant gratification, no money is involved. I don't have to pay a price. You don't need a voida. You don't need gear. And you're going to get more in abundance, makif, without cheshboinus. I'm a chai, ain't cheshbin b'sha'oil, and the abyss is no cheshboinus. Nonetheless, chelki Hashem amrenafshi. Anonos of Malka. I want right now, I just want to be with, I want my father, I want the king. 
I want the emes. Malkaloimus chalaf. I want that which is the emes. And the fact that it's not exchangeable, meaning it's eternal, means even now it's true. Everything else, even though now it's glamorous, ultimately it's not true. Because in 10 years it's not going to be true. When Mashiach comes, if it's not going to be true, when all the truth gets revealed, if it's not going to be true, it means now it's also just a bluff. It's a cover-up. I don't want cover-ups. But this itself is a rational point. But it's a rational point when you have that in- eternal, internal, innate, intrinsic relationship with, with, with Emes. And that's where the Neshama comes in. And that's why the mind, the mind of a Neshama is a different type of mind. It goes to places that other people won't go. It's a non-desert cup. It's a non-desert cup. There's a zichuch. The seichel is a mezuchich dika seichel. The seichel is a refined seichel. We now continue. Siv Zion. Perhaps we can add. I would say that here, the Mimer goes on to a new dimension. This is one section of the Mimer. From Siv Zion and further, the Mimer goes now to a completely different level, different state of consciousness. As you will see, the next few chapters, the whole Medrash is going to be reinterpreted from a completely different perspective. All connected, that was, we will see later. But, but let's see. Perhaps one can add... One would think, is there really an advantage with choosing something rationally when you already have that innate choice? So he says, yes. By the choice of the soul, which is super rational, permeating also my rationality, something very significant is created. The choice that's super-rational becomes deeper and more authentic by the rational choice. I will think, who needs it? This is what I want. This is who I am. I'm a Jew. I have a Muna. No. That's Gewaldic. But the rational choice, the Pikeach, adds something very significant. And this is, of course, connected to the whole Shitta of the Balatanya. There was an argument by the students of the Magid if Chassidus was meant to be assimilated in Chachma bin Adas. Or the focus should be more faith. Emunah Pshuta. Because the foundation of the Baal Shem Tev is every Jew has a Munapshuta, every Jew is a Chelekalekamimal, and the Baal Shem Tev ignited the fire in the soul, it's a Chelekalekam. But the Alter Rebbe said, yes, but we want to take that and turn that into a Pikeach. <laughs> Turn that into something that's internalized in Chachma bin Adas. It should be assimilated in a very rational, organized, structured way. Why? Why? Others were very critical of it. Here we coming, we're going to bring out this point that by the Bechira of the Neshama coming into Seichel, something unique is achieved. And for this, there's going to be a long explanation which is going to take this Medrash to the next level until we come back later, much later, Sif Yud Aleph, to this opening. There's a Maimir from the Alter Rebbe published in his Siddur. I told you the Alter Rebbe has a Siddur with commentary on each piece of davening for the meditation that one could have during that chapter of davening. So in the section for Pesach, there's a Maimir by the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. And there he discusses the whole concept of what power represents and what slavery represents and what redemption represents. And he speaks about Shirak Bidarakhagav Shukamanda Shadi Basar Kasvai. 
שהוא בדוגמס מלך שאויסס סודום משתה בשביל הסודו מגדלם בעבוד המחשוב. הוא מוציא על זה מאמן רב מהשיריים של הסודו מקווים גם חוסי ערך כמי עבוד המשפח לשחרי ערך חיים. ועד שגם הכלובים אוכלים עשה צומץ שמשליכים למטה, שבטח לכיוון המלך לא יוציא בשביל למי צויז, וזה שנשבו להם שיניים, שגם השיניים של הסודה הם הון רב, הוא רק בדרך אגב. Fascinating Moshal of the Altareb. The Altareb speaks about the fact that we spoke earlier, that Hashem is the one who gives everybody energy. Nobody has any energy not from Hashem, because Hashem is the source of all energy. Even unholiness, the only way it lives is because Hashem. The difference is, when Hashem is giving the flow to holiness, it's done with intimate, deliberate love. When He gives to those who are not aligned with godliness, it's It's more like incidental, like throwing it over your shoulders. And the Rebbe gives a marshal, a metaphor. What's the metaphor? And we're going to see how the Rebbe is going to compare and, conch and, and equate the metaphor of the Alter Rebbe and the metaphor of the Medrash. Alter Rebbe says there was a king who made a big feast. For whom? For his great ministers and for his great servants. And he spent a lot of money. There is so much food that the shirayim, the leftovers of the meal, also include so much food. So what happens? So he says, even the slaves and the maidservants who are working by the mill, and even the dogs hanging out over there, they also eat. The dogs eat the bones, and the other servants eat the other things. So the Alter Rebbe says, now, the king didn't have in mind to spend all this money to be able to feed these dogs. But because there's so much food, so the shirayim, the leftovers, and the leftovers could be a tremendous amount. Sometimes what gets thrown into the garbage is more than what's on the table. <laughs> when you're sitting at the table, you need to sit with etiquette, right? You can't fill up your plate. When you're sitting at the table, you have to be able. But the dogs, they don't have any problem. They eat everything. <laughs> The guys who are by the garbage, he says that the, the servants who are by the garbage, they eat everything. They eat a tremendous amount. But that wasn't the intention. The intention of the meal is the king wanted to share the meal with his Sarim Agdailim, with his great ministers, and with his Avadim HaChashuvim, which is pro, with, with his prominent servant, with his prominent servant. But there is always the residue and the leftovers and the extras, and that itself is a lot. says that the flow that Hashem gives to those who transgress His will, it's It's like the shirayim. It's like the, you know the disposable stuff, even though it's a tremendous amount. Like you're throwing it over the shoulder. It's not like the, the king is involved in their meal. He's giving it to them with a smile. He's giving them a lechayim. He's giving them food. No, from all the food that came, they also get their dose of energy. So that's the Alter Rebbe's point. That's the difference between kedusha and klipa. Kedusha is like. The Sarim Hagdoilim, the great ministers and the prominent servants who are by the table of the king. And then you have the Pchuseya Erech, those who don't really have a connection to the king. He says, those who work by the mill or even the dogs, and they get the leftovers. V'yesh loimar. Now the Rebbe took every metaphor of the Alter Rebbe very seriously. And he analyzes it in great detail and precision. Because by the Alter Rebbe, every word in his Maimorim, even his parables, are extremely meticulous. 
when you see the Shulchan Aruch Harav, you see how the Balatanya wrote, you know that every word by him was counted, it was measured, like the Rambam. If you notice, he gives two examples of people who are sitting by the table of the king, and two examples of people who are not sitting by the table of the king. They're just getting the leftovers. The two examples for the, those who are not at the table of the king are servants and maids working by the mill, and then dogs. And the two examples for people who are sitting by the table is sarim g'doylem, which means prominent ministers, and avadim chashuvim, and prominent, renowned servants. Why these four? Because there's four levels in the nimshul. What do we mean there's four levels? Shadar The lowest level is represented by the dog. The dog... What's a dog? The dog just wants to be fed. This represents somebody, I'm not interested in the king. I have no relationship with him. All I want is, I want the food. Give me the beef. As the famous Pasuk, as he puts in 52, it's a Pasuk in Yeshaya, Isaiah 56. There are dogs that they have so much audacious chutzpah, they don't know what it means to be satiated. More and more and more and more. So the Alter Rebbe is intimating that there is that type of person who's like a caliph. What do I mean? All I want is, I want to use God for me. Give me more and more and more and more. This is connected to what it says in Kabbalah, in the Sefer by Rebbe Meir Papyrus, famous Kabbalistic work. The word kelev, dog, is two words. Kuloi leif, kuloi leif, all heart. The dog is all heart. The nature of a person, as it's explained in Zoyar and in Tanya chapter 12 is, Hashem gave us the ability that the mayach, the brain, should rule over the heart. The kelev represents, we're not talking here about a physical dog, we're talking here a metaphor, a type of person, you have a person, there's a mind, and the mind rules the heart. You have a person, the heart rules the mind. You have a person, there's no mind, it's all heart. My entire mission in life is just to fulfill my cravings. There's nothing else. That's one level. Now it happens to be that the food comes from the king. So therefore I hang out around the king. But why? All I want is more food. Then you have one level above it. Not the dogs. The servants that work by the mill. They already work for the king. They're not dogs. They don't just show up for the mill. They work. But they work only because of fear. Because they have to. The Gemara says in Gittin that a slave, essentially he wants to be frivolous. Essentially he's not interested in the whole thing. The only reason he does it is because I have no choice. <laughs> I feel like a slave. I have to do it. If not, I'm going to be punished. I'm going to be penalized. I won't have what to eat. I'm going to be struck. Whatever it is. But I'm completely not interested. The 
דאגם שאיקר אבידוסים מצד קבולה סל, כי ידוע החילק בין בן לעבד. וזה שהבן עושה לציין אביו מפני האב, וזה שהבן מעלה לציין אדוני בדרך קבולה סל, מכל מקום זה גופו הוא ברצון וחשק, שרצים לקבל עליהם אל מלכו שמיים, ולכן מקיימם הוא בשולחן המלך. You have the servants, they're not interested in the service, they're just forced. Their pleasure is completely disconnected to the king. My pleasure is in cravings that are completely not higher or transcendent. Why don't I transgress God's will? I'm afraid to be punished. So therefore, they're still considered outside of the table of the king because there's no positive emotional connection and relationship. There's other servants, Avodim HaChashuvim in the metaphor. They also serve Hashem like a servant, meaning with Kabbalah Sal, because there's a difference between a child and a servant. A child is defined by a relationship of love. A servant is defined by a relationship of Kabbalah soil. There's a yoke. But this itself can be with enthusiasm. I'm, I like the yoke. I like the commitment. I appreciate it. So therefore, they're by the table of the king. And finally, you have the fourth level. Then you have the ministers. The ministers, they already know what's going on in the palace. In fact, the king empowers them and trusts them and he delegates to them. They also understand him. So they love him. So it's not just They serve him with an acceptance of Kabbalah's oil like a slave. They serve him with love. So we have four levels. Two levels are outside of the table of the king, and two levels are by the table. The two lowest levels, the Mittim al said, were the Klovim, the dogs, and the Avadim, Hapchusim, the slaves who are working by the mill. They also eat the food, but the Shirah and the leftovers. And what does that represent spiritually? You have the Jew, you have the person, yeah. I'm completely not interested. All I want is me. I don't have any other awareness. It's just me, 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 nothing else. It's like a form of radical narcissism or even not radical narcissism. And therefore, I'm a, that, that's the idea, kule lev. It's just about my cravings. Then there's someone else who knows about the king, but completely no interest. I just have to do it. I'm compelled to do it. I'm stuck. So I'm not by the table of the king. There's no kinship. There's no intimacy. Then you have two higher levels, avadim hachashuvim where the Kabbalah soil is with appreciation. You have Kabbalah soil, you understand that you're challenging yourself. I'm not maybe so enthusiastic, but I understand why I should challenge myself. And then you have the Sorim HaChashuvim, who have a real love for the king, a real commitment, a deep dedication. They share with him his vision, they appreciate his vision. That's the fourth level. Now the fact that Al Rebbe uses the word Sorim G'daylem, or Sarim Chashuvim, Sarim G'daylem, meaning Sarim G'daylem means great ministers, means there's also regular ministers. There's Sarim G'daylem, and there's regular ministers. So in Sarim itself, you have a few levels. Generally, you have regular Sarim and Sarim G'daylem. According to this, we now come to the point. Now, 
ועל פי זה יש לומר, וגם שהכוונה בפרשתס בדוכסין וכולי היא לא העין סונם דנויגה, כמו ולעיל מהדרושים מכל מקום, זה שמדייק שהדוכסין היו אימוי, הוא בכדי לרמז שמדבר כאן לא רק בעין סונם שהם יש ודבר בפני עצמוי, דוגמס עבודם הפחוסים שמקיימם ומחוץ לשולחן המלך, אלא גם במהלכים שהם פתלים ללקוס. ולמיילא יוסר בספירס דאצילוס, שאיהו וחיוי וגרמוי אחד שהם תמיד עם המלך. וואו, אם זה ככהההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
So one person in the country said, I want the duke, I want the angel. The other one said, I want Atsilis. <laughs> I want the lights of Atsilis. I want the vessels of Atsilis. And then somebody says, no, I want the king. What is going on here? Here the mimer takes us to the next level. Now, we, now the, here you have to tune it. Now we'll understand much more the deep wisdom of the one who says, I'm choosing the king. Till now in the Mimer, what was he choosing? He was choosing God over the shells that eclipse God. He was choosing holiness over unholiness. He was choosing spiritual truth over falsehood. Authenticity over short-term gratification. Pnimius over chitzonius. Emes over sheker. Hashem versus idolatry. Or as I put it in the previous classes, real healing versus addictions, distractions. Now we take it to another level. The Medrash is telling us something much deeper. It's not just he doesn't want to get the flow. He doesn't want to hang out where the dogs are. He doesn't even want to hang out with the slaves by the mill who are away from the king, even though they're getting most of the food, even though they're getting the fast food, even though they're getting a lot more food. That I get. Wow, that's also amazing. It's also amazing. He wants to be at the table of the king. Now we're saying something much more. He doesn't even want all those ministers around the table. He, his real passion is not the dukes and not the military commanders and not the governors, referring to the three characters around the table, the servants, the sarim, the sarim Udaylim, representing the malachim, the angels. The next is spheres of Atzillus, the divine attributes of Atzillus, and even higher than Atzillus. What does he want? He wants Anonos of Malk. What does this mean? Keteris Abal Shem this is the teaching, the famous teaching of the Baal Shanoel Apostolic, Tfilalah It says in Tehillim, Tehillim Kuf Beis, Tehillim 102. Tfilalah A prayer for the poor man when he reaches out, when he points to Hashem, and before Hashem, he pours out his words, asks the Baal Shem Tev, every person who prays pours out his words before Hashem. Even a rich person, even a successful person, that's what tefillah is. What does David HaMelech mean when he says, tefillah Hashem Says the Baal Shem Tev, that only the poor person asks for something unique. He doesn't ask for anything. His only prayer is, My prayer is that I want to talk to Hashem. That's his prayer. Other people, when they daven to Hashem, they daven for many things. They can even daven 
for their own spiritual relationship with God. The real poor person, Tefillah La'ani, says, His only prayer is, this is his prayer, his prayer is that I should be able to talk to God. Oh, you would think he's a poor person. This takes the deepest wisdom. And the Baal gives an example. He tells the famous story, There was once a king, the Balshemtiv gave this incredible, incredible parable. As he puts in 63, it's quoted in Ur HaMeir. It's a Hasidic work by the Bzei Wolf of Zhitomir, a student of the Balshemtiv. Parshas Vayishlach, it's quoted in Kesar Shemtiv. And here's the story. The Balshemtiv said there was once a king, and he opened up the gates of his palace to all of his subjects. And he said that everybody could come see me. But in order to get to the chamber of the king, you had to go through all of the outer chambers in the palace. So the king set up in one of the floors the most delicious food in the world and the most delicious beverages, most incredibly, most incredible beverages in the world. He had the top wine connoisseurs, scotch connoisseurs, papier, the most delightful beverages in the world. And then on another floor, he had hoinyaka, hoinyaka, his most expensive uh, uh, jewelry, <laughs> gold and silver and pearls and diamonds and precious stones and emeralds. Something special, incredible. And he had an art gallery with the most exquisite art. And he had a floor filled with the most exquisite books so that any person with a little wisdom would go crazy and become infatuated and enthralled by the amount of wisdom on that floor. And then, of course, he had the most greatest musicians. And most people got stuck. Either you got stuck by the food, you got stuck by the drinks, you got stuck by the jewelry, you got stuck by the art, by the books, by the music. How could you not? How could you not? So he says, to get to the king, you have to go through all these chambers, and when you see the precious, beautiful, glittering, shining display in the outer chambers, and you have sensitivity, you become so enthralled with tremendous pleasure, you get stuck there. And then there are those who don't get stuck by the food, they don't get stuck by the drinks, but when they go into a deeper place where there's more, more wisdom, more richness, they get stuck over there because they're more sensitive, they're more sophisticated, they're more wise. And then the Baal Shem Tov says, there's the poor person, right? He doesn't know about all of this. Where does he go? He goes straight to the king. And he's the only one who ended up by the king. The Ani says, all I want is, let me speak to the king. All he wants is, I want to speak to the king. That's what he wants. And the Rebbe calls him here a Chacham Gadol. Like the Medrash, Pikeach. <laughs> you may call him poor on one level, but really this is the deepest wisdom. Why? Because he ultimately knows that everything else is just subservient to the king. It's just a manifestation. Don't get stuck there. It's all a conduit. It's all a derivative 
of the source. Don't get stuck in the branches. Don't get stuck in the manifestations. So all he wants is lefnei Hashem yish He wants to go straight there into the king. That's the pikeach here. The pikeach here is he's around the table. Around the table, this tremendous glory, tremendous light of those who are expressions of the king. Different chambers, the malachim, the spheres of Atsilas, higher than Atsilas. We're not talking now only about the dogs who are far away. No, we're talking about holiness. But he says, I don't want the malachim, I don't want the svidas. I don't want even higher than the svidas. Why? Just like when I come to the palace, if I'm sophisticated, I can easily, easily become consumed and subsumed in the richness, in the glittering display, in the beauty, in the ecstasy. It's so rich, it's so beautiful, it's so amazing. But I never end up at the Melech himself. I end up at the periphery. I end up in all these other beautiful chambers, but not by the Melech. It takes tremendous chachma to say, Anonos of Malka. What does this mean? So he continues, Ches, V'yesh loymar, She'in yenzehu wa'ava, T'mili bashamayim v'imcha lechafatzti, K'loshen ad morazaken, Ichvil zegarnis, Ichvil nidain ganeiden, Ichvil nidain oilam habachuli, Ichvil mer nit azdich alein. Here we come to what is known that the Alter Rebbe, when he was davening, and he would go into a state of dvekus, he would go into, off into a state of complete spiritual connection. So they heard these words coming out from the Alter Rebbe. And it's known that Samach Tzedek says that Alter Rebbe used to say this. And it's known from Hasidim that Alter Rebbe would say this at different periods when he was in a state of complete oneness. In a very revealed way, these are the words that would come out of the Alter Rebbe. It says in Tehillim, chapter 73, who do I have in heaven? What do I have in heaven? Mili b'shamayim. V'imcha, with you. Loichafatzti b'aretz. I don't want anything else on earth. In other words, David HaMelech is saying, I don't have anything to look for in heaven besides you. And once I have you, I don't have anything else to look for on earth. It's like in Shir Hashir, Mani doidi v'doidi li. You know, once I have a relationship with you, I really don't have anything else. I don't need anything else. But the Al-Tarebbe took it one step deeper. And he said, it's not just, who do I have in heaven outside of you? And who do I have in earth outside of you? The Alter Rebbe said that what David HaMelech, the way the Alter Rebbe interpreted these words is, not just, I don't have anything in heaven and earth outside of you, like I don't want those who are away from the table. No, even around the table. Even in heaven. What's heaven? Heaven is Ganeiden. On earth, you have Ganeidna Tachten, Ganeidna Elyon, Oilam Haba. So the Alter Rebbe said, Ich will garnished. See, I don't want anything. I don't want your Ganeidna. I don't want your paradise. I don't want your Oilam Haba. I don't want your world to come. Ich will mernit asdichalein. I want nothing but you alone. Explains the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Tagam shagiluyim shabegan eidin umikoshe ken agiluyim doilam haba hem giluyim nailim biyoser. Even though the revelations in Gan Eden, and certainly the revelations of Oilam Haba 
are tremendous, lofty, sublime, godly revelations where godliness is real. What is Gan Eden? Gan Eden is the place where one feels the presence of the Shechina. What is Olam Haba? Olam Haba, as the Gemara says, the Tzadikim sit and Nenem Eziv HaShechina, Baruch is Daf Yud Zayim, Baruch is Daf Toiv. The Tzadikim sit in the radiance of the Divine Presence. Ve'admur hazakin ha'isoloi ha'saga bazeh. Now, if somebody doesn't understand Ganeidin, Olam Haba, it's not a big thing to reject it. But the Alter Rebbe had a comprehension, he understood what Ganeidin is. He understood what Olam Haba is. Ha'saga mitiz ba'ifun sha'aseichel nesachedim ha'muskel. A true, authentic grasp in a way that your mind becomes one with that which you understand. You know, when I don't understand something, it's not really internalized. But the Alter Rebbe understood it in a way that he really could become one with it. In other words, he can experience Ganeidin, he can experience Olam Haba. Afal became nonetheless, Nonetheless, he tells Hashem, I don't want the revelations of Ganeidin. I don't want the revelations of Olam Haba. All I want is you. You, I want Atmos, I want your core, I want the absolute essence. Ano Nosif Malka. Vyeshlo Hisif, let's add the Ikira Pikhus Bazashain Raitza Bahadhsin Vukhuli. The real wisdom of the one who says, I don't want the dukes. I don't want the duke. I don't want the, com- the governor. I don't want the military command. And we explain, what are we referring to? We're referring to the various levels of godliness in the order of creation. And even the levels of godliness that are beyond the order of creation. The real wisdom here is, You know, I feel like any words here are just going to take away from the nightmare. Like, <laughs> I almost feel guilty to explain anything because whatever I'm going to explain, it's going to take away, uh, it's going to take away from the nightmare. But, uh, but at least, at least something, right? At least something. The Rebbe is teaching it to us. He wants us, he wants us to get at least a little bit of it. <laughs> <clears throat> Daltarebbe's words, Daltarebbe's words are, he could have said, again, the Rebbe was so sensitive to every word that came out from Daltarebbe's mouth. Daltarebbe could have said, Hashem, I don't want Ganeidin, I don't want Oilam Haza, I don't want Oilam Haba, I want you. He didn't say that. He said, I don't want your Ganeidin. I don't want your Oilam Haba. 
Ooh, that's much deeper. Because Ganeiden and Olam Haba, he's not just referring to Ganeiden as a self-centered place. You have a person who says, I want Ganeiden because I want a spiritual cholent. It's a self-centered Ganeiden. I want Olam Haba because I want bliss. I want great reward. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're not talking about a Ganeiden of Yeshus. Remember, here the Mimer took us to the next level. You have a Jew who says, I want Ganeiden. Why do I want Ganeiden? Because I want spiritual reward. Wow, that's amazing. You want a spiritual bliss. You want Olam Haba. You want a place where godliness is revealed and you're going to have the ultimate joy and the ultimate comfort and the ultimate happiness. Got it. Al-Tarebbe said something even more. Ich will nicht dein Ganeiden. <laughs> I don't want your Ganeiden. In other words, the concept of spheres, the word spheres, like the word sapphire, sapir, is a place that it's translucent. The divine infinity comes out through it. The spheres don't eclipse Hashem. Because the flow that comes through the spheres, through the kalim, through the ten, divine structures, you could see clearly that it's not coming from them. It's coming from Hashem. That's even in the kalim, in the containers. Certainly in the oiris is even a deeper state of consciousness. That the oiris capture the fact that it's really God's undefined infinity that's coming through the oiris. And certainly beyond that silas, it's even beyond regular oiris. Everything that can be reflected from Hashem, from the moyer, is expressed. We learned about this a lot in the Maimer Basi Lagani before Yeshvat, Basi Lagani Anything that can come out in a revealed way from the source, from Hashem, comes out. Comes the Alter Rebbe and says, Ich will nicht dein Ganeiden. Even though it's your Ganeiden, it's your Elam Haba. Meaning, it's not just, it's great spiritual levels. It's levels that capture you. It's your Ganeiden, it's your Elam Haba. In other words, it's expressing you. Still, that's not what I want. I want only you. What, what are we learning here? What are we learning here? What's the metaphor of the Baal Shem Tev? What was the Alter Rebbe, what was the Alter Rebbe saying? You have a non of Malka. I want to now. Get, I want to bring it down practically. But say that <laughs> I'm going to take it down a little bit so that we could talk about it between ourselves. You have a non of Malka. We spoke earlier in very, very clear, almost brute terms. What's brute terms? Instead of going to klipa, go to kedusha. Even though klipa is easy, I spoke about addiction. I spoke about distractions. I spoke about tumah. I spoke about yeshes. I spoke about betraying relationships. Anonas of Malka. Don't go to Avodah They're going to prove to be a bluff and a cover-up. You're going to regret it. There's no long-term pleasure there. Malka le'enem eschalev. Hey, kulem And that's one level. We spoke another level that even if Kedusha, you're getting less and you have to pay more, but it's real, it's authentic, this is where you want to be, you want to be with Hashem. But al Tarebbe is now taking us to the next level. You have a Jew who's serving Hashem, but what am I serving? I'm serving the God that I'm comfortable with. I'm serving the God that I could find myself in. I'm serving the God 
that works for my spiritual ego. That's Ganeiden. Ganeiden is a Jew who wants Hashem. But what do I want? I want the Ziv HaShchina. This is based on the Maimer of the Alter Rebbe and Lekut HaTorah Parshish Tazriya Sois Tosis. We once learned the Maimer together. It's on the yeshiva.net. It's the foundation of the second half of this Maimer. The Alter Rebbe explains over there, Al-Menas Lekabel Pras. A Jew serves Hashem Lekabel Pras. The word Pras means a prize. It also comes from the word Prusa. It means a peace. A Jew wants Ganeid. You know why you want Ganeid? Because over there you can experience Hashem. But I want to be able to experience Hashem on my terms. I want to be able to experience Hashem in a way that it fits me. I want a God in which I can find myself. And that's the question. Do you want to find yourself in God or are you ready to lose yourself in truth? Do you, do you have to find myself? Do I need Hashem to fit into my experience? In other words, of course I want Hashem. I want those who are around the table. You know why I want around those the table? Because those who are around the table filter divine energy in a way that it makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel uplifted. So we're not talking about a Jew who wants Ganeiden, Pasha, because Ganeiden is a nice challenge, a spiritual challenge that he wants. Egotistical. Even somebody who doesn't want ego. He wants the divine energy. I want authenticity, but I want authenticity that works with me. I want authenticity that fits into my comfort zone. I want authenticity that I can find myself in. Says the The king has so many beautiful chambers and I get stuck in them. And I never go to the emes itself. And the emes itself is atzmos, not giluyim. The emes itself is the pure truth of Hashem that completely transcends my imagination, even my spiritual imagination. So it's so easy to get stuck in all the palaces instead of realizing that all of the chambers are just a derivative of oneness. And all of them are just a tool to be able to get to the core, to the essence, never get stuck on any level because ultimately it's all one. Enoid Movad. What would this look like in a person's life? What's the difference in a person's life? You see it constantly that sometimes people get so invested in their spirituality, it becomes a quagmire. I get stuck in it. It's like spiritual self-centeredness. Sometimes it's spiritual narcissism. Sometimes I'm not ready to go out of my comfort zone because this is the God I'm familiar with. But it's the God that I'm familiar with. The question you have to ask yourself is, ask not what God can do for you. Ask what you can do for God. Ask not what your children can do for you. Ask what you can do for your children. Ask not what your spouse can do for you. Ask what you can do for your spouse. Ask not what Yiddishkeit can do for you. Ask what you can do for Yiddishkeit. Ask not what the Jewish people can do for you. Ask what you can do for the Jewish people. A Jew once came to the Alter Rebbe. And he told the Alter Rebbe, I need this and this and this and this and this. And the Alter Rebbe said, you talk a whole time about what you need. Can we also start, start talking about what you're needed for? And this is the ultimate truth of the Jewish soul. The Alter Rebbe was just expressing what a Jew is. The ultimate peace of mind, the ultimate fulfillment of the Jew is, I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get stuck. I don't even want to get stuck in Ganeiden. I don't even want to get stuck in Elam Haba. Ich will manage das dich allein. And even the Ganeiden that's a manifestation of Hashem. We're not talking about a Ganeiden that's detached. Dein Ganeiden. Dein Elam Haba. 
even that could become a distraction. Because it's the way you're expressed through filters that ultimately allow me to remain stuck in my finiteness or even stuck in my version of infinity. There is my version of infinity and then there's true infinity. And the Jewish soul wants real infinity. I don't want ego. I don't even want a spiritual ego. I don't even want a transcendental ego. I don't want a God that fits into my comfort zone. And as we'll see later in the Maimer, the reason the Alter Rebbe felt this about Hashem is because he first felt that Hashem feels this way about him. <laughs> only when you can feel that Hashem says, I want only you, can you reciprocate and say, and I want only you. Like in a relationship with two friends or in a marriage, only when one feels that I want only you, can I reciprocate and feel that I want only you. If I don't feel that you want only me, <laughs> you want me for something else, I'll never be able to be comfortable and say I want only you. We'll see that later in the Mimer. I don't want to ruin that. I don't want to, I'm just mentioning this, that you should understand where this is coming from. That's going to be later, what the Pchir is. There's a, there's a word from the Alter Rebbe. It says in Parshish Yisroi, right after Matan Torah, Hashem says, Mizbeach Adam Tassali, V'zavachta Allah V'seilei Secha V'eshlamecha. You should build for me an altar of earth and you should slaughter on it all your offerings of oil and shlamim. So the Alter Rebbe said like this, the first message after Matan Torah is, Mizbeach Adam Tassali. You should build for me a Mizbeach, an altar of Adam, of earth, of Bittal. And on this altar you should slaughter We often say, I want to be a Muslim. I want to be perfect. I want to be a Baal Madreig. I want Olam Haba. I want Ganeidin. I want to be a Chassid. I want to be a Talmud Chacham. I want to be a Godel Ador. I want Secha. I want Aliyos. I want Shleimus. I want real perfection. And I'm not just talking about a petty ego that's doing it for arrogance. I want COVID, I want pictures, I want everybody to talk about me because I'm so insecure and I don't have an identity. I'm talking much deeper than that. That's already the first level of the Maimer. <laughs> that's Avaydazara. I'm just looking for my poor ego to be validated because I'm a traumatized, wounded soul. Okay, so I have to heal. And I have to realize that I'm capable of much more. I'm not so small, I'm infinite. But I'm talking much deeper I want to be a Balaliyah. I want to be a Ben Aliyah. So, so that says the Alter Rebbe, the first messengers, V'zavachta lovis oilei secha ve'eslamecha. Shech dein Aliyahs und shech dein Shleimus. The need for Shleimus is a distraction from Hashem. The need for Aliyahs is a distraction from Atzmus. It's very nice, but it's a distraction. <laughs> Why is it a distraction? It's taking me away from truth. What's truth? Truth is, there's one essence, oneness, and that oneness should not be reduced to anything that I should have to wrap around with my brain. Complete a relationship. It underestimates your own infinity. The Jewish soul is one with Atmos, and therefore, ich will manage das dechalet. Nothing else ultimately speaks to me, because the real me is one with God himself. So nothing else really speaks to me, unless I'm stuck. If I'm stuck, everything else speaks to me because I'm stuck. So therefore, I need fulfillment from distractions. 
And sometimes those fulfillments could come from the ultimate spiritual distractions. Like Ganeidin, Elam Haba. You'll say, what do you mean? Ganeidin, Elam Haba is God. Of course it's Hashem. But it could become a distraction. <laughs> Even if it's your Ganeidin. Why? Because if it becomes anything but a conduit for Atzmos, it becomes a distraction. If it becomes anything but the relationship itself with the core, it's ultimately a distraction. But this takes tremendous chachma. And this pikchus comes from chelki Hashem Amra Nafshi, because that's what a soul is. And that's where the ultimate fulfillment of the soul is. What does this mean practically in a person's life? How does this translate in a person's life practically? One example is, sometimes we reach a situation where we never expected that this is our mission. This is what Hashem wants for me. In fact, my mission right now may be contrary to everything I imagine what my life is supposed to look like. And sometimes I have to do things that seem completely contrary to my own spiritual sensitivities. And that's where you see the litmus test. When you become connected only to levels, I need this level, I need this level, I need this level. But when it's dichalein, it's I want only you. There's no levels. I don't need levels. I don't need to look a certain way. So the question is, what do you want from me right now? I'm a conduit for Atmos. What do you want from me? And that's a completely different experience. I'm not stuck in anything. Not stuck in spiritual expectations. Not stuck in physical expectations. I'm not stuck in a spiritual ego. I'm not stuck in a physical ego. This is absolute expansiveness. I become a conduit. Ich will mer nicht as dich allein. I can let go of everything else and I become a conduit for you yourself. In complete, complete achtos, complete oneness. And you'll see this in all of the Rebbe's sikhs, in all of the Rebbe's talks, in all of the Rebbe's letters. What he tried for so many years to inculcate among all of his students and all of his disciples and all of his followers and all of his chassidim and all of his shluchim was to appreciate at least a little bit of this. Sometimes the calling of the moment is not something that's going to fit in to my imagination of perfection. It's fine. It doesn't have to fit into my imagination of perfection. It doesn't have to fit into the way I grasp what God looks like. It's a complete openness to the opportunity of the moment. It's a complete openness to the question, what is my shlichus? What is my shlichus right now at this moment? And it's not about what's in it for me and what's the reward I'm going to get and what type of credit am I going to have and what type of olam haba and what type of ganeden. Those are all nice calculations. Ich will dich You'll get a Ganeidin, you won't get a Ganeidin, you'll get a Gewaldike Ganeidin. But Ganeidin itself can be a Gehennem. <laughs> the Hest, Ganeidin itself could be a Gehennem. If Ganeidin takes you away from the Melech, from Atzmos, the Chech HaGehennem. The Bnaftali Rab should say, we used to say, the Heilke Bnaftali used to say, I'd rather sit 
in Gehenim, mit Klugeiden wie in Ganeiden mit Nadische Tipschen. I'd rather be in Gehenim with wise people than in Ganeiden with fools. <laughs> Here we understand it a little better. Sometimes the Ganeiden could be the place of fools. The Pikeach is in a place. Everybody, it's Gehenim over there. But that's maybe the Melech wants you there. If that's where the Melech wants you, so it's the ultimate Ganeiden. That is Ganeiden. Ganeiden is a, a distraction. Ganeiden is you. I want to be with you. And from this comes a different feeling for Avas Yisrael. The whole, the whole uh, revolution of the Lubavitcher Rebbe was Shlichus. You take the Shluchim in Ukraine today. And you look at their commitment and you ask, who made these people? Mi Yolad Elo, who made these people? In 2022, when so many Hasidic Jews are cynical and so many religious Jews are cynical and people have so many doubts and so many issues, where do you, do you see this idealism? This, they're, they're all people and everybody has a Yetzirah and we all have egos and everyone. And, but you see something the Mesidus Nefesh, the purity, the idealism, the absolute commitment. Where does it come from? It doesn't come from repression. It comes from the opposite. The soul is fully expansive. Anonos of Malka. It's you're completely there. Your whole essence is there. Why is your whole essence there? Because the essence of the Jewish soul is one with Hashem's essence. And that essence has no limitations whatsoever. And it's completely flexible and it can adjust to every situation because Atmos is always present. And Atmos doesn't look one way. It can look so many different ways. And you transcend judgmentalism and you transcend spiritual narcissism. And that's every one of us in our own little way, in our own little way. That's ultimately where I want, I want to get out of not only physical trauma, I want to get out of spiritual trauma. We always talk about trauma. This Maimah speaks also about trauma. There's physical trauma and there's spiritual trauma. Physical trauma is the trauma that keeps you in Avodah it keeps you in Klippa. Spiritual trauma is the trauma that doesn't let you be one with Atmos. The Olam is with me a little bit. Yeah. What I'm saying is, let me bring it down. Sometimes I have to ask myself, not what things look like to anybody else and what things even look like to me. I have to ask, what does Hashem want from me at this moment? Let me give an example, okay? I always say this, Esther. right? Esther was married to a drunkard non-Jew. And Mardukai said, go into him. And Esther said, I don't want to. And Mordechai said, This is the reason God made you the queen. And what did Esther say? I'm going to go in. I'm going to go into the king, not according to protocol. And if I, get, if I perish, I perish. So Rashi says, what did she mean? Till that point, she was coerced to be with him. This is the first time she went willingly to have relations with Achashverosh. And that means that she's going to jeopardize every possibility to marry a Jewish man, including go back to Mordechai. Why? Because she's willingly going into Achashverosh. This is a point where Esther couldn't recognize herself anymore. She's forfeiting not only her physical self, even her spiritual self. So why is she doing it? 
So Mardukhai said, Miyoidea, this is not about Das, like we spoke Purim, it's Adalayada. The question is not what God can do for me, what I can do for God. What is my calling right now at this moment? It doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to look spiritual. Sometimes it doesn't look spiritual. Sometimes it looks different. You know the story with the Alter Rebbe. The Rebbe I once heard from the Rebbe that the Alter Rebbe was in the middle of Kol Nidre. You know, and everybody is very serious and he had his talus over his head and he took off his talus and he left the shul. And later they found out that he went to the edge of the town in Liyajna and there was a woman who gave birth and her family went to shul for Kol Nidre. And she was starving and her life was in danger and the baby was starving. And the Alter Rebbe chopped wood on Yom Kippur. And he made a fire, and he cooked up soup, and he gave her soup so she could nourish herself and nourish her baby. So everybody would say, okay, Yom Kippur, you're allowed to do it. Hatzal always goes out on Yom Kippur. The Rebbe said the Chiddush of the story is that Alter Rebbe was in a talus, Prisu de Malka, in the middle of Kol Nidre, but at their filth. He felt the pain of the mother who gave birth. He felt it in his bones, and he left Kol Nidre, and he went to give her soup. Because a relationship with Hashem never looks a certain way. It looks like what it's supposed to look like right now. It doesn't even have to have a spiritual feel. The question is, what's my calling right here at this moment? And that's a very different perspective. It's not about my perfection and my growth, and I'm going to get madregas, and I'm going to get more levels and more levels and more levels. I don't want levels. I want you. And where are you? You are in what the mission is right now at this moment. That's what I was saying. And other things can become forms of spiritual trauma, meaning we get stuck in spiritual places that are all beautiful and very promising, but we don't end up by the king. The Ani who's stripped from all sophistication because he's really smart. He gets it. Because he's poor, he gets it. He doesn't get stuck because he's stripped from everything. A real Ani means you're stripped from all ego, no ego, no vanity, no yeshus, no arrogance, not even spiritual arrogance. So what does the Ani say? All I want is I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. That's all I want. I want to be with you. I want you. It's not I want to be with you so I could be with you. No. I want to be with you, just with you, even if I'm not there, even if my eye is not there. Now here, we have to understand two more points. And those are the two points in Tess and Yud, with which we're going to finish tonight. You would think, now here the Mimer goes to the next step. <laughs> we're not done yet. You would think, okay, wow, he just made a leap from one level to another level. First half of the Mimer was a choice between Hashem and idolatry. This part of the Mayim, it's a choice between Hashem and godliness. Ganeid Noilam Haba. The Rebbe says it's all connected. It's all connected. Avoid the Now here is a very sensitive idea. Very sensitive idea. Avoid the doesn't start off with bruteness. It starts off with subtle, 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 subtle spiritual narcissism. Take a look. Test. Now, 
Vapirush dan non osiv malka kipshute shene ovid like a chavam mazolus, shayochim zeloza. The explanation that a non osiv malka means I don't want kedusha. I don't want levels. Ich will nicht keine madregas. Don't give me madregas. Give me atzmos. And the explanation that a non osiv malka means I don't want to worship idols, it's connected. Why? This will be explained based on what the Alter Rebbe explains in Lekutei Torah Parshas Tazriya the Maimer Sois Tosses. Shaava the Mili Bashamayim Shenerayt Sebagiluyim the Ganeidin Elabatz Moserin Soif Av Shebeganeidin Yishoyer B'Mitziusay V'Yeloy Asaga V'Tainuk Belakus Nenim Ezivashchina Mashenkin Mitzad Agilidatz Moserin Soif Yisbatol Mimadregosay Mikol Makoim Mikivon Shagili the Ganeidin Urakade Belvad Zivashchina Shebein Arich Legabiatz Moserin Soif he throws here a big, big bomb. The Alter Rebbe explains in the Kutatayda as follows. To be in Ganeiden means that I will be able to find myself in Hashem. I'll appreciate God. I'll enjoy Him. Nene miziv hashchina. From the radiance of the shchina, I'm going to have tremendous enjoyment. What happens if I come into contact with Atzmos? There's no I. There's no I. In Ganeiden, there's an I. You know why there's an I? Because Ganeiden is godliness that's filtered. The ziv, it's the glimmer of the Shekhinah. You can enjoy it. Atmos, I can't enjoy. You know why I can't enjoy? Because I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be one. I'm going to be subsumed in Atmos. Which one do you want? Do you want to be in a space where you can enjoy truth? Or do you want to be in a place of truth? That's the question I want to ask everybody here. Could you answer me this question? Now this is the biggest question in Yiddishkeit. And if you could understand this question, you'll understand the Nekudah of Chassidus. Some of you are learning Chassidus with me five, six years. Now you're getting to the Nekudah of Chassidus. Okay, this is it, this paragraph in the Maimer. Here's the question. Do you want to be in a place where you can enjoy the truth? Or do you want to be in a place of truth where there's no eye anymore to enjoy the truth? Which one do you want? Which one do you want? Do you want to be in a place of Ziv Hashchina where I can say, wow, 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 Moiridik, 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 ah! Or do I want to be in a place where there's complete truth so there's no I? <laughs> there's no I, there's no separateness. I won't be able to write you a letter about it. I won't be able to pick up my hands and scream. Oh no! I won't. I won't be able to close my eyes and jump. It's just MS. Which one do you want? Anybody wants to answer? So the Al-Tarebbe says that there's a person who says, I want to find myself in God. I don't want to lose myself in Hashem. Sorry, sorry. I want to be able to be there. I want to be able to watch the show. Nenem is Ivashchina. The Alter Rebbe calls it Legarme. That's called self-centered. 
Now, this is not regular self-centered. This is, this is a halika self-centered. I want to be able to be one with God. Nishkeferlech. But for the Altarebbe, it was self-centered. That's why Chesidus touches you so deeply. Because when you learn Chesidus, you learn the Altarebbe is my modem, you learn the Rebbe is my modem, suddenly you see what the real experience of oneness is. The real experience of oneness is they were ready to give up everything, including the experience of oneness. And the Jewish soul craves for that because everything else is spiritual trauma. <laughs> it's, it's, it's holy trauma. It's, it's, it's holy trauma. It's the trauma of Ganeidim, it's trauma that God made but you can get stuck. And by the Al-Tarebbe, Ganeidin is a channel. Don't get stuck. You walk through the rooms of the palace because everything has to become part of the Melech. Don't get stuck anywhere. Don't worship anything else. Ano Nosiv Malka. Comes the Rebbe and says, here comes the big bomb. He says, when a Jew chooses Ganeidin over Atzmos, Why? How could you compare? Ganeidin relative to Atzimus is just a minuscule glimmer. The reason is because I want me. I want to be there. You know what happens? After many, 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 many levels, from here comes the ability that a person should choose Klippe over Kedusha. From the ultimate spiritual, spiritual Self-centeredness can come brute self-centeredness because ultimately I'm not looking for the real emes. So the two kipirushim are connected. Your typhus, sometimes the most subtle, this is how it works in, in, in psychology, and everybody knows this, this is the real truth. The worst distortions in life originate in very subtle distortions. So the Rebbe says, the whole idea that you could choose klippe, which is death over kedusha. Is why? Because I'm thinking about me. I want, and Klippa gives much more and much better and much easier. Where does that come from? If you trace it back millions and millions and billions and trillions of levels, it comes from, I want Ganeidin instead of Atmos. And from that subtle, subtle distortion in Kedusha, after many, many levels, there could be the person who says, give me, give me Klippa, not Kedusha. Why? Because I want, I want a big flow. Yes, by the first person, it's spiritual. I want Ruchnius, I want Ganeidin, I want Elam Haba, I want Ziva Shechina, but I want Ziva Shechina. And by this person is, I want whatever Klippa gives me. But it's the same point. I didn't go out of the orbit of self. Now that's very, very heavy. You, you hear what the Rebbe is saying here? He's connecting the highest level of spiritual distortion with the lowest levels of brute distortion. So in the Maimer, all the interpretations of Anon of Malka are connected. What really prevents a person from falling prey to Klippa is that your typhus, that the ultimate emes is oneness with Atzimus. That's what your soul wants. Chelki Hashem Amr Anafshi. Anon Nasev Malka. And then he adds one more point. We remember there was another component that we explained. 
that the mistake of the idolaters was that they gave independence to the forces of the world. Wow. I'll explain in a moment. We explained in Siv Gimel that the mistake of the early idolaters was that they felt that God delegated the running of the universe to the stars, to the galaxies, or at least he gave them choice, like a waiter in the restaurant. So the Rebbe says that mistake also is rooted in the spiritual desire for Ganeiden. Why do I want Ganeiden and not Atzmus? Ultimately, it means that I'm giving prominence to something outside of Hashem Himself. Ganeiden is not just a channel for Hashem, it becomes something self contained. I'm giving significance to something outside of Atzmus. So, after many, many evolutions, after a long series of evolutions, ultimately it allows for the distortion that I can give prominence to the forces of nature, to the forces of the world, to believe that they have their own choice, to believe even that they are the ones who run the show, chas v'shalem. It comes from where? Ultimately, in a very, very subtle way, from the fact that I believe that there's something outside of Atzimus that has some significance. That's what he's saying. Anonos of Malka means there's only the Melech. Everything else is just part of the Melech, an extension of the Melech. It's, it's a preparation for the Melech. Don't get stuck in the other chambers. The other chambers are just expressions of the king. Don't get stuck in anything but the Melech. That's the essence. And the moment I do, so this, the Rebbe is saying, is two, two elements. One element is I choose Ganeiden over Atzimus. Why? Because I'm thinking about me, and that ultimately can cause, after many, many, many levels, that I should fall into Klippa. On another level, I'm giving some significance to something outside of Atzimus, for example, Ganeiden, and that ultimately allows me to fall prey to the idea that there's some force in reality outside of Hashem Himself. And he says, furthermore, even when you want Ganeiden, because it's your Ganeiden, dein Ganeiden, this can also lead, after many, many distortions, to the ultimate mistake that there is Avodah That Avodah is significant. Why? Because remember, those who say God is Elikada Elikaya, the God of gods, they're not saying that Avodah is the boss. 
they're saying that their power to run the world is because Hashem gave it to them. So in a very subtle way, it's like Dain Ganeidin. Ultimately, Hashem gave them the power. God gave nature the power. It's not nature on its own. So in a very, very subtle way, it comes from Dain Ganeidin. Just like Dain Ganeidin means. Ganeidin reflects you. So after many, many, many levels, what does it come down to? That ultimately I can give room for anything in the world outside of Hashem Himself, believing that Hashem gave you the power, and therefore I also give you the power. In order to exclude, in order to go away from any form of blockage, any form of trauma, any form of something that takes you away from the true oneness with infinity, it's only when you can find within yourself, and he says, the Rebbe says, everyone could find this in themselves, that the truth of your soul is, I don't want even Dain Ganeidin, only you, Anonas of Malk. Anonas of Malk. This, somebody says, does this relate to Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim? This is Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim means limitations. What's the greatest limitation? Spiritual limitations. The spiritual limitation of what life is supposed to look like. What life is supposed to look like? What a relationship with God is supposed to look like? What a family is supposed to look like? You know, let's make it very practical. I spoke Shabbos about the Seder. Some people have a very hard time by the Seder, you know, because we have all these expectations. What's a good Seder supposed to look like? And the real answer is, a good Seder looks like exactly what it looks like. (laughs) Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in expectations that take you away from Hashem. Being in a relationship with Atzmos means that this moment, whatever is, this is where the ultimate truth is, and here is your opportunity to connect to the people around your table based on the circumstances that present themselves right here, right now. Don't get stuck in what life is supposed to look like. It's all connected to the same point. Now, I know that some of these ideas could be confusing to people especially in the context of what you understood, what Avoidus Hashem is, we work for Ganeiden and Oilam Haba, and this Mimer seems to be saying something very different. So please feel free to ask all your questions. I know that this is new stuff for a lot of people, and, and it's very intense, and maybe it seems so lofty, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm just struggling with my basic nervous system and I got to get my house ready for Pesach and I'm trying to make a living and make ends meet and have a normal stable family. But I want you to see what the Rebbe is saying. That only when in your mind do you have real clarity will there not be distortions on very basic levels. The distortions of very, very, of, of distortions of, a, of major, distortions of great magnitude don't happen in one day. They happen, they, ha- they happen as a result of very subtle spiritual distortions. And that's why it's so important to go back to the core, go back to, just like in psychology and in therapy, our biggest problems come from very, very subtle experiences that we don't even know happened to us, but they registered and they had an imprint on our subconscious. The same is true with Avodah Hashem. So it's always important to be able to go back to the source. Okay, so I see there's a lot of questions, so we'll take a few minutes of questions 
And I'm going to remind you that tomorrow morning, we're going to finish this Maimer, Be'ezer Hashem Neder, 8 o'clock in the morning. That's going to be the fourth class on this Maimer. I'm also going to encourage all of you who listen to me, the students and the disciples and the partners and the Chavrusas here, try to review this Maimer throughout this week and throughout Pesach and Chalamayit Pesach, because I, I will promise you <laughs> that this will truly, truly enhance your life. If you want, but you have to understand the Maimer. I don't mean just review it, you know, words. Meditate about, on it. Think about it. Reflect on it. Most importantly, internalize it. Apply it to your life. Go it over again. It's a very, very deep mind, man. Every paragraph adds another layer, another layer, another layer. By the way, we're not finished yet. This mind is still going further. <laughs> so I'm just telling you that we're going to do tomorrow. So I'm encouraging you, listen to the previous classes Review it, review it with yourself, review it with other people, review it before you dive in. Most importantly is think about it, meditate on it, reflect on it. Because the results of this are very powerful for relationships, for children, for the way we relate to our children, for Avodah Hashem. Even though the point of this Maimer is not results, the point of this Maimer is not results. It's Anonos of Malka. The point of this Maimer is not results. The point of this mime is dvekus. But I'm telling you that when there is real anonymous of Malka, everything else is also changed. Because when Atzimus is with you, the whole house is a different place. Let's take a few minutes of questions, because 9 o'clock. So the Pshalom asks, pre-Pesach example, we may need to give up on a holy stringency or custom in order to stay calm and maintain a peaceful atmosphere. Yes, that's a very, very good idea. Very, very good idea. How, Rabbi Jacobson, how do you compare us to Esther? Is everybody allowed to do something that's against halacha? Well, Esther, obviously, no, you're not allowed to do what's against halacha. But sometimes halacha demands of you to do something that you're not familiar with. Do you feel we need to go to therapy for our spiritual distortions? Because what you are saying goes against everything I grew up with for years. Wow. What do you mean it goes against what you grew up for years? You mean that you grew up for years that everything is about Gan Eden and Olam Haba, right? The Rebbe is not saying, Chas v'shalom, there's no Gan Eden and Olam Haba. It's one of the 13 principles of faith. There's Schar and Oynish and Gan Eden and Olam Haba. The Alter Rebbe himself speaks a lot about Gan Eden and Olam Haba. The point is, Gan Eden and Olam Haba shouldn't become a trap. It shouldn't become a trap for spiritual self-centeredness. Ganeidin and Olam Haba shouldn't even be a place where Ziv Hashchina is manifested. Ganeidin and Olam Haba is one of those components that Hashem creates only as an opportunity and as a tool to connect deeper to Atzmos. Because every part of life is part of Hashem Himself. Everything is Atzmos. Everything, including Ganeidin, including Elam Haba, including Elam Haz, including your body, including your soul. Trauma is when we get stuck somewhere. And spiritual trauma is when we get spiritually stuck there. So Ganeidin is also part of Atmos. It's when we get stuck over there. When we get stuck in the, in the experience of God, not in God. <laughs> in the experience of Ein Saif, not in Ein Saif. You don't want to get stuck. But you can ask more questions. You can ask more questions if something is unclear. I do have another lecture now with a time. It's for a couple struggling with infertility, preparing for Pesach. 
celebrating a holiday when with couples who are dealing with infertility. It's going to be also on the yeshiva.net. If uh, you know somebody who may be struggling with this, you could send them a link. We're going to be starting at 9 o'clock, which is 7 minutes. So I'm going to say goodbye to each and every one of you. And Hashem should help us that we should be able to learn the Maimer, internalize the Maimer, and live with the words of the Maimer, Ano Nosiv Malka. I choose the Melech. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.